1935, New York City. Estee Lauder is bent over an apartment stove, carefully stirring a pot of face cream. Her two-year-old son, Leonard, plays nearby. Estee has had a bit of a makeover. She's taken her husband Joseph's last name and given her first name a French spin, adding an accent and changing the pronunciation to convey glamour. She's no longer Estee. She's Estee. Lauder turns off the stove and dashes to the door. She opens it to reveal a middle-aged woman, a customer. Please come in. Thank you. Hmm, something sure smells good. The woman follows Lauder through the apartment. Lauder is 29 years old with blonde hair, hazel eyes, and gorgeous, clear, fresh-looking skin. Just looking at her inspires confidence in her beauty advice. She leads her customer into the bedroom and gestures at her bed. Please feel free to sit here. She reaches for a jar of face cream and begins to carefully apply it to the woman's face. Will this really work? Every woman can be beautiful. Your skin will be smoother than it's ever been. Trust me. If it looks half as good as yours, I'll be happy. I'm going to send you on your way with free samples of all the products I'm using. If you like them, make sure to tell all your friends. Lauder finishes the facial. She holds out a mirror. The woman examines her skin in astonishment. I look five years younger. My face feels like silk. Lauder hands her a black and white jar of face cream. This is not a sale. It's simply a gift, a stepping stone, as Lauder patiently waits for her big break. How did you get to be so good at this? Practice. I've always loved making women feel beautiful. This is a clip from Business Wars, which is a very popular podcast, so there's a high chance that you might have heard of it or actually subscribed to it already. But this story about Estee Lauder really stuck out to me because of how scrappy it is. Imagine making your own cream and sticking it on someone's face. Uh, it takes a certain kind of guts, and it was a different time, I think, in terms of entrepreneurship, and it was only 100 years ago. Obviously, it turned out well. She became a billionaire, and my personal connection with her is that she's one of the major donors of Penn, which is where I went to undergrad, and I nearly went into the Lauder Institute program there. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a clip about how she went to Miami to start doing sales and how she nearly ran out of money. And I think it's fun to put yourself in her shoes and ask if you'd be able to do the same things, to believe in yourself so much and risk almost everything to build a business that you really believe in. January 1936, Miami Beach, Florida. Lauder and her son Leonard, now just shy of three years old, get out of a cab. Lauder's friend, a woman named Lily, greets them. Welcome to Miami Beach. Lauder holds young Leonard on her hip. She looks exhausted. Ah, oh, we were on the train from New York for two days. Oh, you poor dear. Where are your things? We checked them at the station. I'm hoping you can help us find a place to stay. Of course. I know a great place, close to all those posh hotels where your customers are. Future customers. They're not customers yet. How much does this place cost? They say it will be $35 for the two of you for the week. Another 58 for food. Lauder's face falls. I just don't have that kind of money. A friend from New York is staying at the Admiral Hotel. Maybe we can stay with her? I can take you there. So, what's your plan here? You're a long way from home without much of a budget. Well, I noticed all of my customers in New York have started coming to Miami for the winter. I saw an opportunity. It's true. Miami Beach has become the winter destination for anybody who's somebody. The Duke and Duchess of Windsor were here just last week. The unexpectedly high costs of food and housing in Miami 
soon leave Lauder with only $5 left in her purse. So she gets to work. She sends cards to potential clients announcing her arrival in Miami and networks in hotel lobbies. Two weeks later, after a busy day darting around the lobby of the Roney Hotel, Lauder surveys her inventory in her hotel room. Barely any is left. She sold almost her entire initial supply. She grabs a piece of stationery from the desk and starts writing a letter to her husband. Joseph, you're not going to believe what an incredible success this trip has been. Florida is the place for cosmetics. Women are in a spending mood here. Please send more products as soon as possible. And darling, I'm sorry, but we'll need more time. Business is thriving. I can't quit now. As the years go on, their annual visits grow longer and more profitable. It's not yet a crowded field, but her success will create competition. And when it comes to selling beauty, the competition is always ugly. In our next episode, Estee Lauder competes with Revlon and launches Clinique, the first hypoallergenic brand, to a bumpy start. Meanwhile, a young copywriter creates a new slogan for L'Oreal that will go down in advertising history. Music